Hey everybody, it's Brian. Quick note about today's ep before we get going. You're going to hear John and me make reference to it being Thursday, and as you may have noticed, this is our typical release day on Tuesday. You're not going crazy, and we didn't forget what day it is. The plan was to post this as a short follow-up ep to last week's episode, and we figured it was long enough that it was a full episode in its own right. As for me, I'm too lazy to edit out all the time references, hence the notice, and on with the show. The harder you work, the more rewards you reap. That was the promise, wasn't it? Back when we were all graduating and told, as mere teenagers no less, to plot our path in life. But is it still true, or was it ever? When it comes to job satisfaction, money isn't everything. But you know what? It ain't nothing either. Maintaining a work-life balance keeps getting harder, but it doesn't have to. This is The Big Balance, a podcast for anyone struggling to stay ahead or even just keep up with work, life, and everything in between. Join us each week for practical advice you can actually apply to get a little sanity back in your day. All right, welcome back to the show. As you may have guessed from the release date, this isn't going to be a full episode. Really, it's more of a follow-up Thursday today uh, to the episode we released earlier this week. Back then, we talked about a couple articles that John and I read. One of the key takeaways from John's article was, shockingly, the need for more than just a paycheck to feel satisfied in our job. I don't think we did enough of a point-counterpoint at the time. And I want to get into that discussion a little bit more and flesh that out. Money isn't everything. Money can't buy happiness. But you know what money can buy, don't you? Pretty much everything else. I hate to be cliche, but more often than not, it's only people who have money that discount getting more money in these ways. As far as last week went, John and I were two of those people. We stand by that to an extent. There's a lot more to job satisfaction than just paychecks. But John and I both come from a place where the amount in one of those checks isn't a life or death situation. And we recognize a lot of people are in that situation. There are people who are making the choice between paying rent or going without food. Or parents who have to look their child in the eye as they cut that family vacation just to make ends meet. Our mindset last week did those people a disservice. So let's talk about the other side of that coin. People who do extraordinary work for a less than extraordinary paycheck. When I think of non-pay satisfaction, obviously it's not the paycheck I get, but maybe it's the fulfillment. And I know we've kind of talked about that before, and that's a tough thing to define. But it's more so... (laughs) using the word to define it, it's the satisfaction I get at the end of the day. It's how I feel. And more often than not, it's more than just a pat on the back. It's really the work I'm doing and feeling like I'm valued. Case in point, I don't want to be doing a data entry job when I like to do more strategic tasks, and that's what you hired me to do. Does that make sense? It does. And I I think personally, I'm going to go back to high school for a second, right? specifically high school psych classes, and I'm sure you took the same class as I did. Remember the uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I, I, honestly, we didn't have any psych classes in, in high school. The only psych class I took was in college. 
Did you go over the Maslow's hierarchy of needs in college? I did. I don't remember it. Enlighten me. Remind me. <laughs> this, I don't know why this is why it sticks in my head from high school, but it does. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs basically is this premise that humans need things, and we don't just need things, but in this hierarchy, you can't move up the chain until you have everything at the bottom. So as an example, at the lowest point, the base of the pyramid is things like air, food, and water. If you can't breathe, other things don't really matter. So once you can breathe, once you have water, food, shelter, then you start moving up the hierarchy of needs. The next being personal safety, uh, health, things like that. So safety needs. Honestly, as you're describing it, it sounds like a way to justify the fact that us being removed or so far removed from our ancestors that we're we're just spoiled privileged people <laughs> and it's and it's because we have all of our basic needs met is what it sounds like i mean it's not probably inaccurate to say but i mean i i look I, i've never i've never worried i was about to say i never worried about air before god god knows the direction we're going from a from an environmental <laughs> standpoint maybe we will need to start Worrying about air more. But I've never worried about having access to food, water, or shelter. And I think a lot of people, well, I, I don't want to say a lot of people don't, as in, like, everybody doesn't. Yes, there are definitely people who do not have access to those things. But, yeah, that's kind of the idea of society as, as we keep marching forward, we're taking care of at least a base level of everybody's needs, right? Absolutely. And if we're having a conversation about work-life balance, not to be too presumptive, uh, or presumptuous? Yeah, presumptuous. I don't know which one it is. But I'm assuming that you have a job, hence why you would need to have conversations or thoughts about work-life balance, right? Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you don't have a job, you got a whole lot of life part of work life, but I guess, well, I don't know. It's, it's like uh, that, that fisherman and the businessman story. I think I did that on the pod a while ago. Was it the rich guy sees a fisherman sitting around not doing anything? He's like, why aren't you out fishing? Yep. He says, why would I go out fishing? He's like, so you can make more money. Why make more money? So you can buy more boats and have a fleet and make a ton of money and retire and chill out. Because like, that's what I'm doing right now. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's, a, it's, a, it's always a balance. It's always a work-life balance between too much work and, and too much play. But anyway, back to this hierarchy of needs. So at the very bottom, like I said, food, air, water, shelter, moves up to safety needs. And then the level above that is where we start getting, I would say, higher level needs. So love and belonging would be next. It's things like friends, family, intimacy. Uh, and up from there, esteem. So respect, uh, status recognition, and then self-actualization, the desire to become the most one can be. Now, when I think about this hierarchy, I it's obviously not specific to employment, but it kind of can be pretty well applied, right? For a lot of people in, I would say, the service industry or the gig economy, that lowest level, access to air, food, shelter, those are things that if you're not making much, if you're on minimum wage, you're not maybe even secure in those things. So that's what you're worrying about. You're not worrying about becoming uh, self actualized in your organization you're worried about putting food on the table but for a lot of other people if you have a steady paycheck you have a good paycheck then you're moving up so from a safety perspective safety and employment feeling like you're valuable and that you can't be fired any minute i think that's relevant i think that's valid 
Uh, love and belong. I wouldn't use the word love in an office perspective. I think that's a little bit of an HR issue, but having close friends at work, having people you associate with at the water core or in the break room, that's something people look for, right? Andy, Andy's a great example of that. Our sometimes co-host Andy, one of his big reasons he wanted to go back to the office was to be around people again. Esteem, and this is where I, I think most people, I'm going to I'm going to speak for everybody. Most people at the white collar level, I feel like are probably at this level where their big drive, what makes them feel satisfied at work is feeling like they have the respect of their coworkers, of their bosses, of feeling like they have status and recognition in their organizations. Well, I would almost argue that that could fall into the, the category before at the same time, though, because, yeah, you're describing that love and belonging, that camaraderie. But I think respect it, it usually goes hand in hand with friendship. I usually don't think that I'm better or worse than any of my friends. I think we're peers and equal. I'm totally better than my friends. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. But I, I think... He's lost like half a dozen listeners of this show, like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think there's a little bit of a give and take. And to me, kind of looking at it, I think there's a little bit of a, a back and forth between maybe a, a direct report and a manager relationship that might be a little bit different when we talk about esteem but i'm kind of thinking something a little bit different instead of maybe that respect from coworkers, it's that sense of purpose and i feel like i'm doing something good and i feel like i'm good at my job that might be kind of like that self-actualization esteem you know just purpose i was about to say you're you're talking about self-actualization at that point Right. So we're now going a step forward. So I guess I just talked myself out of my own point. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think that's valid. I think the idea of self-actualization in the job sense is, are you a subject matter expert? Or are you a thought leader in your field? And I think a lot of people want that, right? I mean, hell, we're, we're in a podcast right now because we want people to feel like what we're saying is relevant and important and matters to them, Right. I don't think we would have this show if we weren't striving for self-actualization. Fair? Yeah. 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 No, and, I, and kind of talking through it ourselves. I think we've said it before. Part of this is because, you know, we need to get better at this ourselves. So maybe it's an echo chamber. Maybe, maybe it's not. But if anything, it's a sounding board, you and I with one another. Yeah. Now, so this entire conversation we've had here... I don't want to say it parrots what we talked about on Tuesday, but I think it's definitely a continuation. So what I want to do is kind of put on that bow tie and do some crossfire counterpoint with ourselves, right? Let's go back down that pyramid. Let's go back to the physiological needs or business equivalent, the paycheck, all right? So when I think about what is, uh, I don't want to say valid pay, I, I think the living wage is the valid pay. That's what we should be minimally striving for. But uh, for my money, I want to talk about a convenience store chain that anybody from at least the eastern half of Pennsylvania will know. And I feel like they would probably get upset that I called it a convenience store, right? I, I don't know. Wawa. Dude. It's a one-stop shop, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, what do you? Is, is it even considered a convenience store? I just, I, it's, it's so ubiquitous, and it's just you go there for whatever it's you a need. Gas station now. Yeah. It's a gas station too now. The Super Wawa. Um, but let's talk about Wawa because of of convenience stores of 
kind of that level of the service industry, they're not uncompetitive when it comes to pay and benefits. I, I think minimally when it comes to pay, uh, the starting position is going to be something like a cashier, right? That's that's earning between nine and fifteen dollars, and the supervisor role above that is twelve to twenty-one. And I think, and I don't know, John, if you know this, I think they might have some kind of like college tuition program as well. They do, and they used to have some type of equity program too. You know, yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad gig to get if you maybe don't have more than a high school education, or maybe you're still in high school. It's not a bad gig to have. So let's take those numbers for a second: nine to fifteen to start, twelve to twenty-one for I would say kind of a, a middle-level job you have after you work there a few years. Let's compare that to a couple other jobs at least from my perspective, that are not just specialized. You need specialized knowledge to do, but they're incredibly stressful as well, all right? First one will be no surprise to anybody who's ever listened to this show because I think we uh, I, I think we put teachers on a pedestal quite a bit, right? You're, you're pandering. I think like every other episode we do. You pander to the teacher audience now. I think you made, I really you made one comment early on in one of the episodes to where it almost came off as like anti-teacher. And I think you've been on an apology tour ever since. What? When was that? I feel like since episode two or three, we've been totally pro-teacher. No, there was. I, I'm going to have to go back. But it was something to where it's not even that you. Somebody were, in the audience fact checked this guy because I don't believe him. It wasn't even that you said something anti-teacher, but it, it was. I, I'm trying to remember, but it was something that it was, I guess, a uh, little lukewarm or cold on on teachers, whatever for whatever it was. Or well, I'm it gonna came go on the record, and and you've been on an apology tour ever since. I'm going on the record and saying I am 100% pro teacher, and I don't think they get paid enough. To wit, me mentioning them here. Average teacher, if you're going to convert salary to hourly, average teacher compensation, at least in Pennsylvania, where my Wawa comparative is, is twenty dollars and fourteen cents. So it's on the higher end of Wawa, but when you think about all the crap teachers have to deal with from, I don't know, snot-nosed kids to snot-nosed parents to snot-nosed administrators and never having enough in the budget, having to buy their own school supplies, having to take their work home with them to grade papers and homework after hours, it's a whole lot of stuff to deal with for $20.14 when I could earn 12 to 21 as a supervisor at Wawa, right? Yeah, I think that's messed up. It is. And next, if you want to talk about stress, let's talk about EMTs who are dealing with literally life and death situations. And I, I don't know. Have you ever heard the term degloving before? Like the, the your ring coming off like that? Or is this a phrase? <laughs> is so I had a friend. Degloving? Isn't that when your ring, like a, a ring gets caught on your finger and it rips your the skin off your finger? Yeah, I had a friend who was an EMT who was responding to a degloving call where basically a guy's hand came off of his hand. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's like the the, the layer of skin comes off like yeah. right? Like it's your yeah. Oh. So think about that. Think about getting degloved, thinking about having to respond to it. All right. John, you're an EMT. It's two o'clock in the morning, some drunk guy fell off of a roof, he's bleeding out. His life is literally in your hands, blood everywhere. What are you getting paid to take care of this situation? Give me give me throw me a number. What do you think? Well, two things. I'm never putting myself in that situation. Cause no, I, I would so, crumble. I'm so queasy. Yeah, it's it's not even the stress or the pressure. It would just be seeing the 
the victims, the results, whatever you want to call it. Ugh, no, yeah, I couldn't do it. But I'm folding like a deck of cards. Yes. House of cards. I'm folding about some. I'm a chair. I'm a card. I'm I'm not doing well. Is my analogy there? I'm flustered enough that I can't even come up with an analogy to talk about how poorly I would do in that situation. But to answer your question, I have an answer of what I think they should be paid versus what I think they're actually paid. Let me hear. My guess is they're they're probably somewhere close to like forty five to sixty k a year, maybe more. Um. I would I would think that they should be north of six figures easily, but they're not. I'm assuming, right? Well, sixty k if we're going to convert that to hourly is going to be about thirty dollars an hour, right? Okay, eighteen fifty. That's messed up. It is. It's that of all the jobs that again high stress has a need for a specific skill set that you're not just learning in high school. Eighteen fifty, and again, nine to fifteen dollars to be a cashier, twelve to twenty-one to be a supervisor at Wawa. I don't mean to malign them, but when I think about supply and demand of personnel, when I think about job satisfaction, and gonna complain about Brian and John from Tuesday, yeah, pay is important. Like it's not just about these other things. It's not about the hierarchy of needs at the top echelons. Pay is important, too, and I, I feel like we didn't say that enough, so this is my mea culpa for Tuesday. Kind of important. But people on the other side, the the people working at the Wawa, I, we need them. I, I think people in any type of industry like that, um, I would love to see in a perfect world everyone gets paid equally and fairly, but I know that's not the case. But I guess the only reason why they're not paid even more is because that most people or anybody with a certain degree of education and wherewithal can work that job, but not anybody actually can because of the type of patience you're required to have working a cash register anywhere at like a, a home goods or, or a home Depot for sticking on the home thing there. But at a Wawa, it's like having that customer service aspect. I think that you, you can't discredit that because it's just tough to deal with the general public is my take on that. That's fair. I, I, I think you're right. That's a, a good counter to me. I, I haven't worked retail since I was a teenager, but I, so I, as old I am, my retail experience was at Suncoast video back when people bought videos. Remember that? I remember Suncoast yeah. and West Coast. Uh, West Coast video was the rental yeah. uh, place in our area as well. Yeah. Yeah. The number of, doofus is coming in december 24th at 8 p.m demanding to know why we were sold out of the blockbuster hit for that year yeah service jobs can be difficult and and yeah should get paid more too i'm not gonna argue that i guess to kind of go back to the question you posed at the top of the show as far as satisfaction and kind of getting fulfillment out of your job and you know i guess maybe i posed this question i don't know whatever but the point being, it's you can't you can't get past that initial. <laughs> when we're talking about people in the service industry, it's tough to downplay how frustrating that must be. And I feel like most people who are in those jobs are working towards another job, or they're they're working towards another career, or something like that. Not everybody, but a, a good portion of the younger population there. And part of that is because we're sold this idea that you need to constantly work up and up and work towards the white collar or the corporate job. So me on my soapbox here. Not everybody's made for that type of 
job or that type of lifestyle. And I think we need to do a better job encouraging more people to get into the trades and, and things like that or, or working other industries because I think that they should be paid fairly and maybe there's power and solidarity in numbers and back to our union talk way back when too. <laughs> right? say you unionizing boy. Right, right. But I guess me pontificating here, I, I think that it's just such a fickle – I don't know, the American dream, whatever it is that we're sold on. It's just, it's an interesting thing that isn't necessarily anything more than than a myth, if I'm going to be cynical. I just want to pause and say, I'm usually the negative one, the dark one. (laughs) (laughs) You just totally took that light from me right there. I'm going to let you have it. Yeah. It's not fun. So now you have to scream and rant and rip like a lunatic on the show, and I'm just going to sit back laying in the cut, cracking wise, because I'm John. We all. I'm John. I'm the cool guy. Everything's cool. I'm in a band. Strum, strum, strum. <laughs> guitar, guitar. Oh, how the roles have reversed. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't disagree with you. And I, I think, well, it's a few things. One, I want to go back and, and kind of uh, unpack the schooling thing that you mentioned because I think your parents, like my parents, said, hey, after co- or after high school, go to college, get a job. You know, that's, that's the path that you're supposed to take in this, you know, socioeconomic position that you were born into. But I think if I was going to go back in time, trade schools, I, I, I think, I don't want to say they're maligned, because I don't think they are. But definitely, at least in my school, my high school it was pretty much college track. My high school said, when you graduate from here, apply to colleges. My parents, everybody that I know's parents, that was a track that they wanted their kids on, right? College, if not law school or medical school. I don't know many people in my neighborhood that their parents really pushed trades. And I think that's a shame because going to a trade school, A, can be much cheaper and much faster and B, the paycheck is a lot better than a lot of entry-level white-collar jobs. You can make significantly more over your, your lifespan being an electrician, being a plumber. Make so up, I, yeah, I don't know why there's that stigma. Make up that delta, the difference there between like the people first year and the hopes that I'm going to eventually be like some executive level person who's making 200 grand, 300 grand a year. Like that's just a pipe dream at the same time. So to your point, yeah, you can come in and make a lot of money right out of college or right out of trade school. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about that delta. I'm going to do a little quick research on the fly. I'm going to pull up the old Google machine right now just to see what the average age people are done paying off student loans is. There you go. That's a, that's a good point right there. So yeah, this is fun. Yeah, this is going to be a, once again, I think this is going to be a 15 minute episode and it, so we're already at like a, almost a half hour. All right. Average student loan borrower takes 20 years to pay off their student loan debt. Some professional graduates take over 45 years to repay student loans. So when we're talking about that Delta, those college loan payments, which are not forgivable, which are not uh, cleared through bankruptcy, yeah, that's that's a huge burden that many people have for a very long time. I just made us go down a, a, a weird tangent rabbit hole, so... It- Let's go back to you talking about Cool Guy John, who's a band and so <laughs> I'm relaxed. Cool Guy John. Ugh, I, I have a raspy voice. I'm like I'm like a young Tom Waits strumming on the old guitar. Is, is that how it sounds when I when <laughs> I don't know? Some sometimes some, sometimes bud. Sometimes you talk like this. 
Got a bit of vocal fry. I guess it depends on how late we're recording, how tired I am. I also want to point out that I don't think I sound like Sling Blade, but it sounds like that's where you were going. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, sometimes, sometimes you have, like, I don't want to call it a southern twang. Because you don't, because you're, you're, you're fully Delco. But you have... It's the mid-Atlantic twang is what it is. Like, people mistake people from... Philly or Delco from being like Southern all the time. No. So you're not the first, you're not the first who's, who's mentioned that. To me. Yeah. But getting back on topic, the other thing I want to talk, so it's schooling and uh, the, the expectations of parents, the school systems are in. I think that's one part of it. And the other part of it as well, going back to your point about the service industry and why is it the way it is? Something I hear a lot of is, Oh, these jobs pay minimum wage because they're entry level. They're entry level because they're only supposed to be worked by high school kids that are looking to make a little bit of money and continue on to your point into higher level jobs, white collar jobs get paid more. It's the argument. Totally not the case anymore, though. Totally right? not the. Well, it's, it's it's two things. One, it's not the case. But the other thing that I'm thinking of, let's talk about what jobs fall into that. All right. The retail jobs we're talking about, people working at Wawa, people working at McDonald's, people working at supermarkets, to anybody who's ever said, hey, minimum wage is for high school kids, ask yourselves, have you ever gone to any of those establishments during school hours? Because if the answer's yes, you're full of shit. Because if it's a if it's a student job, then logically they would not be open during school hours. So obviously these jobs aren't meant to just be high school kid jobs to make a little bit of pocket money, right? And how often are non high school aged or even college age individuals working there? So back to your first point, you you can't you can't expect everyone to be there to be high school age because. What are they the ones training people? You know, how did the people incorporate or how did the people who are district managers or whatnot? They had to make their way up there at some point, but they're also probably a lot older. So <laughs> I, I don't know exactly the point I'm trying to make. I'm just pointing out the the age gap or the the age demographics to your point. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the point I'm trying to make it and I, I'm trying really hard not to get political because my my goal is always to avoid politics because I feel like, again, Work-life balance, if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, if you're Green Party, if you're independent, if you're Libertarian, if you're whatever, work-life balance is always important to you regardless of party, regardless of politics. All right. Well, before we get political, hey, thanks for joining us this week. I think we're going to end the episode right there, right, Brian? So we don't get political. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so not to get political, but I feel like this discussion of who like what is minimum wage how much should minimum wage be and should it be a living wage it's it's a hot topic in politics but i think the point i'm trying to make if i'm making any point at all and not just ranting and raving because ranting and raving john is your job today apparently yep um if you're working if you're working full time then you should be earning a living wage that's that's again i don't want to get political with it but i think minimum stakes of being able to afford housing and and food that should not be a high bar it's higher than i think it should be it's higher than it is in a lot of other developed first world countries careful brian your liberal showing i know it's it's uh i don't even know if i want i'm 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 a i'm a registered card carrying republican that's crazy to me i don't know if you even knew that yeah i think i did know that no it's uh i I've, i've kind of got oscillated a bit between red and blue and i i want to say i'm fairly purple these days 
right? Which, which is to say, I think both parties are full of shit a lot of the time. <laughs> I'm at the point personally where, all right, um, remember Fahrenheit? Going back to high school again. Remember Fahrenheit 451? Fahrenheit. Yeah, I know the book or Fahrenheit 911, the documentary that Michael Moore did. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean specifically the 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 Bradbury book. Oh, the, like the actual, the actual Bradbury book. book. Gotcha. I thought. Do you yeah. remember the political system in that book? I mean, I know they burned books, right? Isn't that what they, they did? Burn books. So the the idea here is they have one pretty boy up on stage, looks great for the camera, answers everything well, very suave, and the his opponent is a frumpy dude who sweats on camera, looks bad, and the idea is they're both owned by the same people, and the election is engineered in such a way that it's obvious you're supposed to vote for the suave pretty boy. And it's obvious to anybody reading the book, but the implication is these people are so ingrained in their political system that they don't see the forest for the trees and recognize that they're getting played by essentially a one-party system. I have sent you and I feel, on so many tangents this episode, and I am so I know. sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like we're we're halfway headed there. I, mean, I feel Man, like we I should won't. probably cut all of this because now I'm totally polarizing and alienating an audience. Yeah, I was gonna say I was I was never I'm never again am I gonna ask you about who you voted yeah, for? Yeah, maybe we do actually cut it right here. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. Well, again, it was supposed to be a 50 minute episode, so yeah, going back all the way to the beginning just to shut the show down. We talked about how you need more than a paycheck and how obvious that was on Tuesday, but don't want to escape the fact that a paycheck is also very important as well. And yeah, that's that's what I got today. Well, all tangents aside, Brian, the reason we even had this conversation today was because of the article I picked and about finding uh, satisfaction in our work. I think we went down some weird, different rabbit holes, but it was certainly... um, It's an illuminating conversation. conversation. (laughs) I kind of got you riled up. I got riled up. It was was good. It was good. But at this point, so we, we have point and counterpoint between Tuesday and Thursday. So anybody out there listening, let us know where you fall between Tuesday or Thursday, which one you agree with more. Love to hear your comments. Yeah, you know where to do it on the Twitters and all that stuff. See you next Tuesday. Actually, that's 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 uh, that's that's slang for uh. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> we, should, whoa, we should move our whoa, our, our, yeah, our. Let's not go there. See you next week. See there you next go. week. Thanks for listening to the Big Balance podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time. Schmoozer, dude.